Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to week two of our look through the book of Judges, day one of week two. We're going to start in Judges 6 this week, stay there a lot of the time, actually, because this week we're going to learn about faith from a guy by the name of Gideon. Now, Gideon is not some guy who puts Bibles in hotel rooms. That is an organization that named themselves after this man in the Old Testament because they saw something about faith in him that they wanted to see in their lives. And I pray that the same thing happens to you and I as we walk through this this week, that we'll see something about faith in Gideon that God can do in our lives. Gideon's life story is absolutely filled with clear truths about how God uses ordinary people. So if you're feeling like, I don't know if I'm the faith person you're talking about, this is a message that's directed exactly to you because Gideon's life is an object lesson in how any of us can be useful. He shows us how to get off the assembly line and out onto the road, letting God begin to use us, making a difference in our lives. God wants you to do more than just learn how to be a good Christian. He wants you to do it. He wants you to make a difference with your life. So look with me together at a guy whose life overflowed with the fear of failure many times and see how God made a change in his life. During this week and even into next week, we're going to talk about how he was able to hear God's call and so how you can hear God's call in your life how he was able to defeat an enemy, and so how you can defeat enemies and see God's victory in your life, and how he was able to survive a victory, how he was able to escape the pride that so often catches us up. So we're going to start with the first few days this week talking about how do you hear God's call? If God's going to use you in certain ways, if you're going to make a difference through your life in this world, how do you hear God's call in your life? And the first thing you have to do is the first thing that God did in the life of Gideon. First thing you have to do is discover your identity. You have to discover that you're a person who can be called. You have to discover that you're a person that God does want to use. This comes first because you have to know who you are before you can do what God has made you to do. The American president, Harry Truman, in some ways reminds me of Gideon because he came to uh, significance only later in life. Harry Truman once said, in reading the lives of great men, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. And many times, if you're going to see God's victories in your life, the first victory has to be over the way that you see yourself, the way that God wants to work in your life. In fact, you're going to probably have to come to this place many times in your life. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. Listen to what happens. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiazar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, in this experience that Gideon has where God shows up, he's threshing out wheat in the bottom of a wine press for fear of the enemy, and God shows up and calls him, you learn that there are two ways to discover your identity, who you really are in Jesus Christ. There's one way that works, and there's one that does not work. The way that does not work is you look at your circumstances. You try to discover that God wants to use me, God wants to make a difference through my life by looking at the circumstances of who you are, the circumstances of your life. And Gideon is a perfect example of what happens when you let your circumstances tell you who you are. Gideon and the people of Israel had been under seven years of oppression from the people of Midian, the Midianites. In fact, when the crops were about to come in in Israel, The Midianites knew when this was, and they would sweep through the land, and they would steal all their crops right before they harvested them. So that's why he's in the bottom of a wine press threshing out grain, because he knew if the enemy saw him, they would come and take the grain. He's working in a wine press for fear of the enemy. He does not look like a natural-born military leader. 
someone that God can use to bring victory to this nation. Now, in one sense, a lot of people work in a wine press. It's a picture of hiding from your potential in some task that's right in front of you. You find a safe place where no one will bother you, and you do something that's of some use, but deep inside you know that you're hiding from the challenge of all that God wants to do in your life. Truth is, I've hidden it in a wine press many times, afraid of what God wanted to do next, retreating from what God wanted to do next, not sure I was up to what God wanted to do next in my life. And one reason we hide is because of what I just said, we're afraid. Circumstances have told you that it's scary out there. And the truth of the matter is, it is scary out there. Gideon was not afraid of nothing. He was hiding from a real enemy here. And so, because you're afraid, you hide. You hide from the potential of what God wants to do in your life. You hide from getting married. Or you hide from a new career. Or you hide from sharing your faith. Or you hide out from a God-given dream. And you might even hide out in doing something else that's meaningful. But it's not what God's calling in your life right now. Gideon was certainly afraid of failure. Here he is, instead of fighting the enemy, hiding in a wine press. We have another example of his fear of failure in the same chapter. In chapter 6, verses 25 to 27, God commands Gideon to go and destroy an altar. He begins to work in his life. And he did so, but listen to how he did it. Beginning in chapter 6, verse 25. That same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height. Use the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down and offer a second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and he did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than the daytime. So here he is obeying God, but he's not just afraid of the enemy. He's afraid of his own family. He's afraid of his own townspeople and what they're going to say. So he does it at night so no one will see what he does. He looks like a guy who is not a candidate, not even in the running, not on the ballot for blessings. Gideon, you look at the way he's acting, he's obviously born to be a failure. But I want you to see something very clearly in this chapter. Three words, God called Gideon. God called this man. You look at your life and you think, God wouldn't call me because of what I know about myself, because of the fears that I see in myself. God called Gideon and God is calling you as well. God shows up to tell Gideon that while the circumstances he's facing are real, they do not have to define who he is. Now, I want you to notice God had no problem finding Gideon in that wine press. We think we're hiding out somehow in this little task that we're doing that's right in front of us. We're not hiding from God. He knows exactly where we are. We think that our fear will somehow keep us from God's will, from our desires, from life's best. And that's, ex- that's exactly not true. Now, it's still our choice in the end. It's our choice whether we're going to trust our human fear or our heavenly father. But God calls fearful people. He gives you that choice. You can stay in the wine press when you hear the call, or you can make the right choice of how to discover your identity, who God's made you to be. Instead of listening to your circumstances, you do what Gideon ends up doing. You listen to what God says about you. For Gideon, it was a day like any other day in the last seven years. He's just trying to survive. And on this day, God calls this frightened man in the wine press, and he calls him, did you notice? Hail, mighty warrior. Hail, mighty hero. Gideon must have looked over his shoulder to see who else was with him in the wine press. He didn't feel like a mighty warrior, a great hero. 
God was not speaking of what he was doing that day. He was speaking of his potential. And God loves to do this. He loves to do this. He calls Abraham the father of many nations when he has no children. Simon is renamed Peter the rock when he was the most impulsive disciple. And Gideon here is called the mighty warrior while he's still hiding out from the enemy. What does God have to say about you? As you're listening to this right now, it's another day, just like any other day. But God's going to say something to you right now about who you are that will change the way that you see yourself. You'll see yourself through his eyes, not through your eyes. And that changes everything. You see, to live up to your potential, it's not enough just to see that you've got potential, to convince yourself that you've got potential. No, you've got to hear what God says about you, not what you say about you or even some book says about you. What does God say about you? You have to hear God's mighty hero for your life. Now, Gideon that day, he was totally surprised to hear God say this about him. What would it surprise you to hear God say about you? Greatly loved? Maybe you've never felt loved. And part of God's call in your life is helping you to recognize how deeply loved you are and that anything you're going to do to be useful for God is going to grow out of the way that he loves you. Or hail you who are strong in faith. You look at yourself and you think, I'm, I'm anything but strong in faith. God's speaking of your potential, what he wants to do in your life. You who are eternally forgiven, you who are a gifted servant, what would it surprise you to hear God say about you? It may be the very thing that he's saying to you right now. You see, in any given moment, your life is either going to be determined by your view of you or God's view of you. And what we need in order to live out God's call on our lives is God's view of us. So let's pray and ask him for it right now. Father, we ask for something we cannot bring about on our own. Help us to see ourselves through your eyes. The forgiveness, the love, the call, the usefulness. Help us to see ourselves through your eyes. Lord, we don't want to convince ourselves that we are useful. We want to be called to be useful, and only you can do that. Help us to hear from you, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to look together at the next step with Gideon in hearing God's call for your life.